Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Before we start, please check out our new podcast, Good Sleep. Have you ever noticed how a calm mind can really set the stage for a good night's sleep? That's the idea behind our new podcast, Good Sleep. Greg, our host from Optimal Relationships Daily, is here to help ease you into a peaceful night's rest with some positive affirmations. And these affirmations aren't just comforting, they can help ease anxiety and nurture positive thoughts, setting you up for true good sleep. So press play on good sleep tonight because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1804. If I could bottle up one gift for you on self-compassion by Krista O'Reilly Davy DeGee of a alifeinprogress.ca. And I'm Justin Mollick, the guy who's been reading articles, book excerpts, even student essays to you every day, including holidays for nearly five years, covering personal development or self-help, how to live a better life, and a lot more. And for now, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. If I could bottle up one gift for you on self-compassion by Krista O'Reilly Davy DeGee of alifeinprogress.ca. The best way to ditch self-doubt and walk in confidence is to practice self-compassion. Self-compassion is fundamental to living with purpose, health, and joy, and for sustainable and meaningful growth. Self-compassion is also a key tool in learning to quiet the noise of comparison, perfectionism, and fear. Let me tell you how. According to Kristen Neff, associate professor in the University of Texas at Austin's Department of Educational Psychology, and creator of the self-compassion scales widely used in research, self-compassion involves treating oneself with kindness and understanding when facing suffering, self-kindness, seeing one's failures as part of the human condition rather than feeling isolated, common humanity, and having a balanced awareness of painful thoughts and emotions, mindfulness. Sounds amazing, right? Self-compassion and self-esteem are not the same thing. When compared in research, self-compassion predicted more stable feelings of self-worth than self-esteem, and was less attached to specific outcomes. This is what I mean when I say I hold things loosely or say open up to joyful possibility. Self-compassion was also linked to less social comparison, public self-consciousness, self-rumination, and anger. Talk about freedom. We can absolutely be compassionate toward others even when lacking in self-compassion. The research bears this out. However, I am convinced that to show up fully to life, including choosing to receive the fullness of gifts and beauty that life has to offer, including the opportunities to stretch and grow, and to thrive even in the midst of challenges, self-compassion is a must. Self-compassion leads to less self-judgment and lower depressive symptoms. It increases resilience and a sense of capacity. And because it has a direct and immediate positive effect on our psychophysiological experience of stress, alpha amylase activity, heart rate variability, and interleukin-6 response, it also leads to improved health behaviors and overall physical health. Reduction in perceived stress means that people respond to their personal failures, struggles, and difficult circumstances 
with a kind and forgiving attitude. I suspect it's also tied to a more hopeful attitude because self-compassion also makes way for a growth mindset. Carol Dweck, a psychology professor at Stanford University, teaches about growth mindset, which is tied to neuroplasticity and the understanding that abilities and intelligence can be developed. Having a growth mindset boosts resilience, positive emotions, and a person's capacity to bounce back quickly from struggle, failure, or loss. Self-compassion and a growth mindset are required for us to become the fullest, healthiest versions of ourselves. Self-improvement, I prefer becoming, requires a realistic assessment of who and how we are, of both our strengths and limitations. We must get honest about who we are, where we are, our stories and struggles, and our gifting too. First, we need to see and tell the truth about who we are, then we can take positive action to move closer to who and how we choose to be. Yet another benefit of practicing self-compassion and of a growth mindset is that it helps us live with courage. We become less afraid of failure. We know that failure is normal and we're able to work toward meaningful goals without attaching our worthiness to the outcome. We are less worried about judgment from self or others and this opens the way for us to try, experiment, risk, be honest, do hard things, and so on. Brene Brown, professor at the University of Houston and researcher on the topics of courage, vulnerability, and shame, speak to the ordinary courage of speaking from our hearts and living wholeheartedly. She teaches that courage is a requirement for living our best lives because to do so requires great vulnerability and even risk. We will get hurt, we will face rejection or challenges, and without self-compassion, we are unlikely to choose this path. Self-compassion also allows us to see differently. It helps us see ourselves as messy and complex rather than broken or in progress as opposed to bad or a failure. It makes room for joyful possibility and all or something instead of an all or nothing perspective. Self-compassion is essential for learning to embrace our imperfection or common humanity and even having a sense of humor about it, for making peace with the messiness of life and picking up joy anyway. Why does walking in self-compassion matter to you? Number one, research demonstrated slightly lower self-compassion in women compared to men, but women reported higher compassion for others compared to men. Rate your level of self-compassion from one to 10 and take note of your response. Check in periodically and note any shifts. Number two, what are your immediate feelings and thoughts that surface when reading about this topic? Notice any sensations in your body. Write down the thoughts you're having. Notice if you're feeling resistance or openness to the idea of offering yourself the gift of self-compassion. Number three, pull out a notebook and pen or head out for a meandering walk as you spend time in reflection. Consider examples from your life where you are not being kind to yourself or not as kind as you'd like. Think about how life would feel differently if you committed to living with self-compassion. Number four, Why do you think learning and practicing self-compassion and self-kindness matters to you? What are your motivations for growing, healing, or becoming in this area? Number five, consider the roots of your current patterns of thought and behavior. Was self-compassion modeled to you? What stories did you grow up believing about yourself? Can you think of an event or life experience that made you believe that treating yourself kindly was wrong or selfish? Number six, do you have role models in life? What draws you to them? List out the characteristics about them you admire and or want to grow in yourself. Then think about how living from a place of self-compassion might help you move closer to the vision of who and how you want to be. Number seven, 
If there is one area of your life that you most want to change, name it and write it down to acknowledge it. Then as we move through the month, consider how to apply the information we're learning to that specific issue or area of your life. May this be a year of gentle growth, letting go of what no longer serves, and deepening your roots of self-awareness and self-compassion. You just listened to the post titled, If I Could Bottle Up One Gift For You on Self-Compassion by Krista O'Reilly Davidegui of a alifeinprogress.ca. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to teach them how to manage money. And this should be started when they're little. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Go Henry by Acorns, the smart debit card and learning app for kids six to 18. Go Henry helps kids learn about all things money, earning, spending, saving, budgeting, and so much more. You can even track their chores and pay their allowance right in the Go Henry app. And with their Go Henry debit card, they can put their skills to use in the real world. Plus, parents can set spend limits and get real-time notifications whenever their kids use their cards. I seriously wish I had this as a kid. I had to learn about money the hard way as an adult. If my parents had set me up with Go Henry as a kid, learning to adult would have been so much easier. Set your kids up for success and get started today at gohenry.com old. Terms and conditions apply. Renews from $4.99 per month, unless canceled. I love those steps at the end. I'd recommend coming by her site, alifeinprogress.ca, and visiting this article to actually go through each one instead of just listening. I think there's a lot to learn there. By the way, you can always find the link to these articles in this episode's description, either in your podcast app or at oldpodcast.com. I try to make it as easy as possible for you to visit the article and authors on your own time if you heard something and you want to revisit it. I think this is one of those posts that could be super helpful. But with that, thank you for listening and being here and for subscribing to the show. Have a great rest of your day and I'll be back tomorrow as usual where your optimal life awaits.